Hello. We want to start this episode by just saying that we are talking about some highly sensitive topics in our Q&A session today that we have. So this is your trigger warning that if you have experienced things like suicide, mental health, anything related, this may be a good episode to either skip or make sure that you listen to it with someone who can support you through it. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's going to be an awesome episode of HR Nightmares. We got the OGs around the mics, and we are doing an episode full of audience write-ins, and Yay. it's pretty awesome. We've got um, employees writing in, managers writing in, HR managers writing in from really all over the country. We're going to be talking about STDs. <laughs> The ones that we're familiar with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not like the ones you're familiar disability with. Disability <laughs> um, That's the best we can get in HR with the jokes. Um, and also employee assets, like computers, who's paying for them, them, the employer. We'll be talking about, um, again, some mental health issues and what, how should an HR manager approach a certain situation as well as what's the best way to break into HR if you're a young person and you think that this is a good career for you. So it's going to be a really great episode. Um, I'm Lisa Leith. Happy to be here with the ladies. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I am Amy Conway. And I'm Beth Looney. Cool. Well, let's get right into it. And I want to thank everybody who has written in. Again, these are anonymous write-ins from folks. It's very easy to send your write-ins in. The link is on our YouTube channel. Make sure that you check it out. Um, we also have it on almost all of our socials. Gabby's got a link out there for you. So if you have an HR question that you want some HR experts to debate over for free, um, this is your chance to get the Leith HR Group ladies to chime in. So let's get started. So first of all, um, this is a really fun one. And uh, an employee wrote in from Western North Carolina and said, I just got my handbook and there's a whole section in quotes, applying for STD. It does not mention the full phrase anywhere. And many of us find it a little weird. This is the abbreviation our company chose to use because you could take it as sexually transmitted disease. Example, you are responsible for filing your STD claim with the carrier and you're going to, and how you're going to get your payment for STDs. Does this seem weird to your team? It just doesn't look right to us. Ha. <laughs> We no, are so I mean, involved. It's like you yeah. asked us. We're like, yeah, yeah. STD. Yeah, we've yeah. got them. Short-term <laughs> disability. We offer that. Right? We're all about it. We can get. We can get you qualified for mm. STDs, mm -hmm. right? But no, it doesn't seem weird to us at all. You're reading an employee handbook in an employee manual. I would assume that's probably in a section under benefits. Um, under leave of absences, you know, like and I would assume it's probably with other things that are very related to it. Um, but, you know, ultimately, like if you think it's odd and that the employees wouldn't understand and they're associating it wrong, I would maybe bring that up so that we could lengthen and not abbreviate. Right. Yeah. Well, isn't it always Going back to my writing days in college, but isn't it that you would write it out first? And then yeah. I was just thinking that. Exactly. Like, that's yeah, grammar, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, use the acronym in parentheses after, after the first time then you say you it, it and then going right. forward. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so go make that suggestion, and they need to put short-term disability in that paragraph. <laughs> Can I make one more comment? Yeah, okay. So sometimes I feel like we in HR love our handbooks to be like, blink, 
blink, blink, and they're not really that user friendly. Yeah. And I think that I'm working with a group right now that was like, oh, this seems so mean and harsh. And it's interesting because I think we can do a better job of making it more applicable to the everyday person who might not know this thing. This yeah. Absolutely. Like you making know? it for the reader to really understand. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I think that's totally true. I mean, I kind of look at it as a, like, how many employees are reading it to begin with? So I'm like, get it in there, put it in there so people have a resource to use without the expectation of, like, they're reading it from front to back. I think people are using it as a resource more. Have you heard of Loom? I started no. using this recently. So it's basically like, it's, uh, instead of like recording a video on Zoom. I'm Professional <laughs> with Loom. But it puts your face in a nice little, pretty little bubble at the bottom while you go through a presentation or you share your screen. And I was just thinking, it would be nice to like have a link to a Loom video of the HR person like explaining in just like their language what this policy actually means and what good behavior looks like and what bad behavior might look like, especially for some of the more like important policies like harassment and how to file a complaint, a formal complaint or what open door policy really means. And it might just be like a good opportunity Mm -hmm. to leverage technology. And I know I just opened my Loom account. You can do, I think, up to 25 videos for free before you pay for the upgraded account. Mm-hmm. So it could be a cool way to just like look a little bit more modern and still preserve the language that we need to protect the company. Right. Yeah. But then almost like put another like personal spin on it, mm-hmm. especially if you have a likable, approachable right. HR person like us. <laughs> but I think that's true. What Beth said, like it's really hard where you find the balance of like what we legally need to put in there to yeah. make sure the company's protected. And we're saying the right things, right? We want to have these expectations and a hold then and employees know the content behind them, but then also making it readable and not scary right. for the everyday employee. Um, I was redoing one recently that was the same thing. And like the opening letter from the CEO was so like, legal jargon rules written by a lawyer yeah it felt like it was yeah Yeah. written by a lawyer sorry but uh i was like no 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 no. let's talk about the culture of the company right the spirit of this and the fact that we really just want this to serve as a guideline of employees understanding what they should expect from us Mm -hmm. and then what we hold them to as well right Right. yeah and it was like this whole thing needs to be rewritten so yeah yeah, it's it's the balance yeah it's exactly that's right it's exactly could also be nice to do a little video link to the ceo just saying welcome and this is not meant to be scary these these are guidelines use technology i have to say like i work for a pretty big corporation i know i've talked about it on this podcast before but like our code of conduct was like pretty short. It was pretty to the point. And sometimes I write things that are like really, so I always go back and I'm like, well, we didn't have that. We pretty basically were like, we do not tolerate this point blank. That's Mm -hmm. like, that was all it said. No like explanation of what that means. It was just like, not a lot of legal jargon. So it was like super short and digestible because the employees were like, oh, okay. I mean, I just can't discriminate again. And I think that's something too, like if you go out and you Google a policy or even if you go to SHRM, which is a great repository of good human resources, like resource, human resources, resources. resources. Um, but they have tons of policy templates, but a lot of them are just like way too old school. Yeah. You got to know what you got to boil out. it down yeah. and really turn it into your language. So I would just like caution everybody from just using them, you know, point blank. Yeah. Good. All right. Good. Cool beans.
Um, all right, let's talk about assets, who's responsible for purchasing assets. And this sounds like it's kind of like a W-2 employee. So I work for, I'm working for a university. They didn't give me a company phone or a laptop, which I thought was different from other previous employers. So we actually don't know, like, are they a contractor? Are they like a W-2 employee? But I'm assuming they're a W-2 employee because it says employer. I overlooked and have just been using my personal stuff anyways. Six months in, I'm now being yelled at for using my personal devices. I wonder if it's the IT person probably <laughs> freaking out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're VPNing like, from no, there. No, privacy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, we love our IT people. But I reminded them they've never provided me with company devices. They have not given me a stipend for my phone bill or computer use. How do I bring this up with my manager? What do you guys think? Yeah, so it was interesting. I dealt with this with a client recently, and the employees were kind of like bringing in their own laptops when we have desktops also there. So I'm like, well, I don't understand. Like, are they just bringing this in because it's easier to type on? So it's like a, I think the, for the employee, like their MacBook is just an easier, what they're used to what kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Technology. So therefore they've got some of their stuff that they're doing and transferring it over. And so it's just us going back in and saying, actually, we'd rather you not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we provide you this device, but in this situation it's different. They didn't provide any kind of devices. So I guess I'm just wondering, like, how do they expect Are they to work? at a desk? <laughs> like, are they at a desk where they have a telephone and are expected to use? Because I'm confused in general if you're any kind of remote or, you know, if you're expected to use those things and then you weren't given those things, of course, then you would ultimately, the employee's going to use their own stuff. So why yell at them afterwards? Well, hey, here's an idea. Don't yell at people. <laughs> and then also after six months, like maybe you would check in and say, hey, Joe, looks like you're using your own computer. Maybe yeah. a weekend, right? Yeah, Not yeah, six yeah. months in. Yeah. I was thinking, I'm like, it sounds like a really bad job onboarding somebody. Right. Remember we placed, I won't say for which company, a healthcare company, we placed a recruiter there. And she walked in and for a week had no computer, no access to LinkedIn recruiter. Like a recruiter can start doing their job today yeah. by like just, just logging getting... in and hitting people up. <laughs> um, and so that, man, they lost like a whole week of productivity on a pretty expensive recruiter um, just from doing a bad job onboarding. But it sounds like this was another sort of like just miss. Um, I don't know if they don't have a checklist for technology or what's going on, but I got to believe like a university has a pretty decent size um IT department, right? Yeah. That's that would have to... an onboarding. Like, these are the materials that we're giving you. These yeah. are the serial numbers. This is yeah. like, what happens when yeah. you leave. You have they to have asset it. management policies right. yeah. and practices yeah. probably. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, I guess, too, it just it depends to me. I'd have to know, like, well, what's the kind of work you're doing? You know, are you using your own personal phone because you prefer to use it or because you weren't – because you don't have it, like – desk phone or you know what do they call those now landline landline <laughs> voice over IT. I had to think about like, it what is it I'm like, like wait what is a desk a telephone yeah um you know like but you just prefer to use your cell phone and so they're assuming that you're using this desk phone so I think it's just there's like mixed expectation there we the the company the manager of the university clearly have not been direct and clear about what those expectations are and now you're right six months later it's like well let's not wait six months to realize we didn't set this person up with the let's, right let's tools. talk about this though like what if they what if they prefer to use their mac okay and like we're not buying macs and everything's on the cloud right almost everybody now has office 365 so you're logging in 
and everything gets saved to OneDrive, which is the company's OneDrive. Mm -hmm. um, so, and we've got VPNs. Like, why can't people use their personal stuff? But wouldn't they want to know? I think you would want to know who's using what and then yeah. making sure that the software is, you know, compliant. Or making yeah. sure that they upload the software. Right. You know, like and have passwords have, and, you know, the VPNs protection and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then okay. do it. Yeah, they want to probably make sure, yeah. They're, they have the same protection on that personal device that they from would have on the device. From a security standpoint. Yeah, from a security mainly. standpoint. And typically, you know, your IT teams would kind of know who's using these devices, who's not. You know, in the state of North Carolina, there's no guideline for employers to give stipends for cell phone use. If there's, There are states that if a certain percentage of, you know, work is being done on that personal, person, personal device... Oh, really? They have, yeah, because I know I dealt with this in a couple of states in my old job where we actually did have to say, hey, if using their phone and their personal device, which we do not provide at that employee level that we were speaking of, if we're, but if it's part of the job and they're mm -hmm. using it, then you do have to pay for part of it, right? And it's not a lot of states yet, but I know like um, Washington, D.C. was one of them. Okay. I didn't have stores in the district, but right outside I did, so... I think but one thing that's, that's interesting, too, so I've, I work with some groups that provide phones and laptops, but here's the weird thing. So when you, let's say if I, if you give me this phone to use and I take pictures of my kids and then I leave the company, maybe it's an involuntary termination and I have to give up my phone, but I have years and years of kids' pictures on that phone, that always becomes really problematic. So then are people supposed to carry two phones? I always carried two phones at Corning. Like yeah. they gave me a, they gave me a, yeah. I had a Blackberry. <laughs> She's aging herself. Dating ourselves, right? Oh, God. I had a Blackberry. I had I a pager. Did, <laughs> I did too. So, in my own company, a couple, I work for, do work with one of our clients now where I think that they can buy them out of the, they can take over the contract. They right. just have to like call and, you know, if it's Verizon and they have to take over that contract. Um, but ours, I just never wanted to deal with it because I was always in and out of jobs where you had company phones where you didn't, like yeah. you were a traveler versus non-traveler. I kind of I like having it separate. It. It's so I much 100%, easier. Like, there's yeah. one to talk work and there's one to talk about work. Right. So, like, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not sending out anything inappropriate, but I also don't need the company, like, looking through Listen, I send a lot of weird jokes, so I don't need my employer non -HR knowing. HR approved <laughs> memes being Pictures sent by on Lisa. Friday night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, we don't need any of that stuff. So. No one needs to know. I am upright citizen. Yeah, absolutely. But, Super professional. Yeah, I mean, so I think we know, A, you shouldn't get yelled at, and if you do, talk to your manager about the tone, right? And then B, you know, you got to get to the why. Like, why do they not want you using it? Ask them to provide you the right tools. Ask them to give you a stipend, whatever that looks like. But yeah, whichever one you prefer. Some Propose the there. option you prefer. Yeah. And see if they say no. Worst they can say is no. And here's your shitty refurbished laptop. So <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Okay. Um, great. Uh, this person is an HR manager in North Carolina. So this is, okay, this is kind of the sensitive one. So again, if you're tuning in and um, and you've got some some trigger issues with suicide, skip then ahead five you minutes. skip ahead five minutes. Yes, please. All right, so um, an employee was late for work and his coworker called him. The employee was pretty upset and was yelling, made a remark about how things might be better without him, speaking of himself, not directing it to the coworker, and maybe he should just off himself. 
The coworker mentioned it in passing to another coworker, and now it's made its way to me, the HR manager. I've never experienced this type of threat of self-harm in the workplace, certainly not while I've been in this position. The employee and I have a good relationship. He actually used to be my assistant in my previous role. We've had many heart-to-hearts before, and I actually know that he's began working with a therapist. I'm willing to talk to him about it, but I'm worried that he would be upset with how many people might know since it's made it up to my level. Um, This HR manager goes on to describe that they are actually dealing with just some kind of personal issues and trauma from their own past and want to make sure that they're able to detangle how they approach this specific situation um, and not sort of like revert back to the trauma that they experienced themselves as a young person, um, but but approaching it appropriately as an HR manager. And so the question is, where's the line between overreacting and not doing my duty? And I think this is a great scenario. I've been in this scenario many times mm-hmm. before, um, and it's, it's hard on everyone, but my first, it, my first reaction is, if you know you must, you must do something. Yeah, absolutely. What do you guys think? That oh. happened to me too when I was yeah. really young in my career. And it was one of those things that was so shocking that you're just like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And I knew I couldn't sit on it, you know? So I had to, I, I wasn't in any position. Yeah. You know, I was really lowly, low, low level first job and I had to report that to somebody. So I think you're exactly right. It has to be reported. And then the other thing I think we all need to remember as HR professionals, we're not, therapists, you know, and we might have great hearts and, and warm, but maybe just getting them to the right person is all we can do. Yeah. Cause we, I wouldn't want to take that on when I'm not skilled and trained in that. Yeah. And I, and I don't, you know, it's, it's hard. We don't know who the company is or assumption, but many, many companies that we work with or that we've worked with in the past have really strong EAP programs through their health benefits and usually include it in that EAP program are resources for mental health and just incidents that happen, Mm -hmm. right? I worked in a retail environment where we had a lot of really serious incidents, shootings in malls, you know, employees pass away in the store, you know, just these incidents are really serious. And the people that were in leadership like myself, while while could respond, I could not do that alone. I was not an expert in that. I was not the right person for that. And we could call that EAP number and ask for someone to come to us mm-hmm. and yes. help, right? So yes. so part of that EAP is not only your own personal, men, maybe you get three or five mental health, you know, appointments with a therapist, right? But also there's, there's that like emergency person too that can come out and actually come to you, right? Come to your location. So maybe that's not needed in this situation, but I want HR people to know that and to look into that and don't wait till an emergency happens the to other, find out if you've got that And the other resource. thing is when you're doing your open enrollment, it's so inexpensive to get in. Yeah. Yeah, and you could tack it on to most like principal and guardian it's such and a great mm-hmm. program to have. UHC. Yes. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have an employee assistance program EAP, um, then make sure you're asking your broker the next time you're negotiating your next benefits package. Yeah. I would say too, maybe you don't offer benefits because you're just a small business. And um, the thing is, if you really truly care about this person and they've kind of caused a scene, um, you should talk to this person about like. Hey, I know you bought that new Ford Mustang. Like, why don't we why don't you think about like dedicating and putting some cash aside to go take care of whatever you're dealing with? And like, 
I can recommend some resources for you around town. I know lots of, you know, I know good therapists, or maybe you should talk to your primary care physician mm -hmm. about finding a therapist that's going to be a good fit for you, whether it's through telehealth or, or around town. But like, it's worth the cash to go get help and save your life. So yeah. if you need, if you can be a good influence on somebody to go get the help they need, that's really the obligation and your duty as an HR manager and a human being that cares about this person. Obviously, this HR manager does care because this person used to work for him or her mm -hmm, previously, mm -hmm. and they say they're willing to have this, you know, yeah. tougher, uncomfortable conversation. But you got to do something. There's also lots of, like, non-for-profit groups. Yeah. There's um, a lot of free resources, too. Yeah, and absolutely. this is not well-known at all. The United Way has, in most communities, has an extension 211. You can dial it from literally any yeah. phone, it connects you with a social work, a licensed social worker that will navigate the messy health and human services system on your behalf, listen to your story, digest your story, and go and hook you up with the appropriate resources. So even if you feel ill-equipped or you don't know great therapists around town to recommend to your folks, have them call 211. In fact, dial it yourself and see if it works in your community, wherever you're listening from. Um, but my bet is uh, United Ways 211 does work and, and we got to use it. It's free. Yeah. I like the other piece of that question that they said, you know, they've made a scene and now they're back and they're embarrassed to come back to work. That's happened to me with some of the employees that I've worked with. And I really felt so badly for them because they did make a scene, right? And it was going to be really embarrassing for them to come back after this giant incident. And I think that something... Like yelling or like... I've had somebody like... It's like an adult like throw his phone down the hallway. Um, and we had to talk yeah. about that. But I, I think it's, it's hard just, like in those incidents to, to get out of your head and like realize like people will let it go if you, if you can come back in yeah. and get get back to some kind of normal routine and like people will let it go quicker than you think but that's really hard when you're the one in the moment and you think you're so yes, embarrassed yes i liked working though with the the person's um direct supervisor and making a plan like yeah. hey this is how we're going to approach this because this person is embarrassed yeah. you know it's yeah. just being human like i love that how yeah. it's like so basic it's like be human right yeah well, and I think the part of this question was that that HR manager had his own personal trauma and situations that happened in his life with suicide. So it was going to be maybe triggering for him to have these conversations, him or her, I don't know who it yeah. is, but, you know, to have these conversations. So I think where you have to know where the boundary is between, you know, HR, what your obligation is, is you got to know what you can handle too. And you got to think, okay, I'm the HR manager. So it's my role to make sure this person gets taken care of in a really thoughtful way and gets the right resources. And that resource may not be you, right? So it's being able to say, is there somebody else in the business that would be better equipped to have this conversation, to reach out to this employee? Is this where I reach out to the employee and say, hey, I go through the situation, but then I, I, I say, you know, I would like to, you know, connect you with some other resources because I think they're able to better handle that than I am because of my own experience, right? So it's like you just have to be honest and direct and just start taking a little bit of action. And it's hard when you're a new HR manager because these are really sensitive topics, but you, you get better and more confident handling them as you go through some of these. And I think there's no harm in saying this is going to really – 
bring me to the point of a triggering situation for myself. Yeah. And I might not be the person to handle this. Yeah. Because I think own, sometimes you feel, sometimes I think you feel like, especially if you're new in the profession, yeah. I've got to do it all, you know, and you part of my job. Like yeah, I've got to be the one to do it. There's nobody right. else. Um, but you've got other people on the team you got to lean on to and, you know, like you said, HR, yes, we do a lot of things, but mental health professionals and, you know, when it gets to that line in any conversation with any employee, when you're like, okay, this is crossing kind of where I'm comfortable being the right person to have this conversation. And we shouldn't play substance abuse counselor mm-hmm. or mental health <laughs> yeah. divorce Therapist. attorney. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What no. we should ask is, do you need help? Yeah. Do you need resources? Yeah. Can I help you get those resources? And that's it. <laughs> this is an interesting thing. I just recently worked with a group that actually brought in a chaplain, like a mm. fractional chaplain mm. group. And at first I was a little bit concerned because I felt like I didn't want to promote like you religion. Like tied to religion. Yeah. yeah. And so I really had a great sit-down conversation with this chaplain. And basically that person kind of is a connector to a lot of community resources. Yeah. And so I love that. And that might be an option, too. I know that they have – I think it's a national company, this yeah, chaplain. Yeah, I have a friend here that does yeah. that. Yeah. It's a great – that's another idea mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I definitely take advantage in any traumatic situation of bringing a professional therapist on site – if someone commits suicide, even outside of work, someone yeah. dies yeah. that's like on the team and that is traumatic for different traumatic. people in different ways. Someone's in a safety incident, is hospitalized in a coma, um, passes away. Someone, um, you know, does something egregious and people are trying to deal with it. Uh, I know like in healthcare, there was a there was a helicopter that went down, um, not in this area, but but outside of the area. But the people who worked here, you know, it's like a family almost, like a military family almost in in this industry. And so they brought in a guy who knows how to have these kinds of conversations and draw people's emotions out so that the company could deal with it and help them deal with it. So it's so important if you think. I wonder if I should bring somebody in. Just do do it. it. Bring somebody in. One hundred percent. Use that like phone a professional. A lot. A lot in when you're doing career. riffs, when you're reducing yes. people off the staff, having when you're them doing on re-orgs. site and just being able to say, "Hey, they're in this conference room yeah. all day." Go as you like. I'm going to take need. you over and introduce Private. you. You can stay or not stay. It's yeah. up to you. Absolutely. Another thing too is if you're new into the profession, I keep saying that because yeah. maybe we've got a question later about that. But one um, one thing too is if you don't really have a network of people. A great opportunity is joining a local HR c- group and just being in contact with other totally. HR professionals. Because mm-hmm. then that way you're like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what to do. Who have you used? Who have you called before? And they can give you some resources. Ooh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And if you are in local to us in Wilmington, even if you aren't, but you're a listener of this podcast and the audience, connect with us on LinkedIn. Yes. You know, we answer a lot of these questions throughout every episode, but you certainly on some of this stuff, you don't want to wait a couple weeks until we get to right. the questions. You so can like, always reach out. Yeah. We want to be a resource as well. Cool. Good. All right. Um, great. Okay. Somebody from Pennsylvania. This is okay. I don't know that we necessarily care that this person is pregnant, but a pregnant woman in the parking lot parked behind a truck that was covered in female stickers depicting him in various sexual positions. 
Along with the stickers, he has a chain holding a silver ball on each side of his boat hook up on the back of his truck. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? I can picture that. I you know, know what, what that I mean. is. You've seen those like before. Dangling, you know, okay. participles. Part. <laughs> I, extremity. Anyway, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. uh, she You're viewed, so pure and innocent. I love it. <laughs> she views. She she didn't have to have two phones. No. She she could have one phone. No one was monitoring <laughs> my stuff. She views this as highly inappropriate and feels it is harassment and causes her daily trauma when she sees the truck. The employee who owns the truck is a valued employee and is also essential. Um, no one else has his skill set. Okay. Um, and states, this is his only truck. He's unable to grab a ride from someone else. He suggested that she park on the opposite area of the lot. The lot is a company lot. Obviously, truck privately is uh, it's privately owned. Would love to hear your suggestions on how to deal with this. Okay, so <laughs> um, I'd love to have Will Odin here at the table with us, our favorite employment attorney. Um, you know, I don't know, like if it's company property, like is company property? It's I I would think a parking lot if that is considered company property. Sometimes that's not the case. Parking lot is not company property. But we would have the same expectations as, and be able to say, like, nothing visible that would be offensive to a reasonable person. So, like, but if you were to back that up and do not know that. cubicle, like, if you back right, it if up, you took those same if you wear something that is and brought it right inside the door, yeah, or the you have a <laughs> hanging off. Yeah, if you had that, I mean, certainly We'd if you had that in your on. cubicle, that could be considered hostile work environment yeah like uh, no one's yeah. putting up a calendar of naked chicks in their locker right anymore. correct like so that's kind of these are things passing. i will, we don't I do will in the cubicle. just state right off the bat i do not know if that would be also considered i know that inside the building yeah, yeah. it probably would be um in a parking lot on his personal vehicle especially it's in pennsylvania i, do I don't know that i don't well, know i don't know i don't in pennsylvania like to my knowledge, it wouldn't be much different than a lot of the other states in that realm. Um, but it is your personal, there, so it's your personal property. So, I can't, so yeah. can yeah, are you allowed but to? But I think it I covers know. like, okay, so what if his social media has those pictures, right? Like, would we hold him accountable for that? I, I You know, these are things like right. you kind of have to unwind there. Honestly, well, this is one like you would want – I. I, if I were the HR person that got this complaint, I would have to, like, phone a friend and call some resources. Yeah. This would have been, in my old days, I would have, like, called my employment attorney yeah. that was on speed dial and been like, hey, let's talk through this one. Yeah, it is different than social media, though. And by the way, anyone listening, go lock down your freaking social media privacy settings and don't be friends with everybody at work. So just think about who you're being friends with. Or don't Especially, post anything inappropriate yeah. like me. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, if you're in HR, you probably shouldn't be requesting to be everybody's friend from work. That could kind of like freak them I out. That's a question. You know, in my old company, the SVP of like, I we we had a whole, you know, HR leadership team, right? But one of the SVPs who was like probably kind of second in command to the CHRO, friends with everyone on Facebook. Anytime she would visit a store, requested like half the employees. I mean, she's got so many Facebook friends. I mean, luckily, again, like, all she's posting is pictures of, like, kids, her husband running. Casseroles. Yeah, like, it's, it's, like, it's not a big deal. But if I were her, I just would not want that in my feed. So what but, about you? So yeah. do you guys, if people that you work with request, as an HR professional, request to be a friend, do you guys accept everyone? Sometimes. 
Not everyone. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's I accept everyone based on, like, me. I don't think there's, like, much you would find, Mm -hmm. like, or care about, right? It's pictures of my dog. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Right. Um, But, yeah, no, I didn't. I would say in my life now, I like everyone very much. So I have no problem with that. (laughs) In my old career, I'd be like, nope, nope. I had really hard boundaries. And it wasn't because I didn't like them. But I had, like, much stronger boundaries with I did not want to be, like, connected on social with a lot of people in my old company. And oh. it was just because of the job that I had. It wasn't because of them. Yeah. It was, like, on Instagram and Facebook, if people request to be my friend, then I'm like, okay. But I feel like I'm in a position as, like, a head of HR. I don't like, want to request. I don't, don't want to request and make them feel like there's some pressure or some yeah. obligation. I don't want to do that to them. Yeah, so. like, they, you didn't accept their friend request and now you're firing them next week. <laughs> That might be. That might be bad. That might come out. Not me. happening. Yeah, everybody um, is good. Everybody's fine. Oh, sorry, so we got like we got going, off, going off back to the question. Of, so okay, so the person that wrote in said that a possible solution was to have them park in a no, different location. That's not a solution it's to not sexual solution. harassment. So yeah, if someone feels like they're offended and it could be deemed as sexual harassment, I think. Our obligation as a company is to find out, is it or is it not, based on the location and the personal vehicle element of that situation, simply saying, well, don't look at the truck or don't walk by that. Like, that is not not a response. That is not an appropriate response. Now, if we deem it to say, no, we've checked, we've talked to, you know, employment attorneys, we've gotten some counsel on this, and there is nothing we can do about it, and it is not something that would be considered sexual harassment, then we could say, but we don't want you to be offended. So what are other solutions? You know, he covers up the stickers when he comes yeah. to work with a piece of duct tape or paper bags. Uh, I don't paper, know. Just paper bags over the truck. Put over a cardboard box over that. Put a cardboard that. box yeah. up. Like, I don't know. Well, the other thing is, like, do you really want to be the guy with the dirty like yeah. sexy women like I think is that really me, your game? I would be more Maybe concerned just the employee of like the level of you know professional demeanor that you have in the workplace and like you know this is part of it it's the way you present yourself it's it's all part of it right and you know people taking you as a professional person and are having a hard time with this one and you know, I, I think obviously we would see easy solution is if I was told something was offensive on my car, I'd be like, oh, my gosh. Well, you know, what? I don't that doesn't need to be on my car. Let me take it off. The but dangling again, participles that's reasonable. really don't need to be on anyone's car. Take those off pretty easy. So I would just take those off tonight. Yeah, put them back on on the weekend if you want. Exactly. Friday night. Snap them all, what, baby. It's like party in the – what's that thing? Uh, business business on the in front, the front, party, party in the back. So it's yeah. business during the week, party on the weekends. That's what I'm doing right Maybe now. Maybe you can back that truck up into like a branch or tree in the brush. Yeah, you know, or like, like park off in. property. I don't park know. Park off property. Yeah, Uber for sure. There's uh, options. I don't yeah. know. Just I mean, cut, I, I think though, down. what we want to make sure we're clear with is like when it comes to sexual harassment and those kind of things, you know, the solution really has to be... And not on the part of the person who's offended, you know, like for them to be less offended. And to be like, honest, that's not a solution. Like exactly. I was thinking about it. I don't have any kind of policies and really I don't think any of the handbooks that I've ever written um, about 
like what's appropriate to put up in your cube or in your office or on company property to just kind of that blanket statement about like what's appropriate on company property um yeah. so it might be smart to go and like look at adding something but it probably says it in like your sexual harassment like if you have bullets under there it, it would the say probably company property uh, that part i don't know so i know that i yeah. reference company property in like safety stuff yeah right like it's yeah. in that section of the handbook right. i definitely have moments where i remember typing in company property would yeah. be deemed as parking yeah. but you know parking guns. structure the guns like, is a big so thing yeah, yeah so maybe there but it's probably not well explicit. i mean i think it's explicit when there, there's no like naked pictures in the locker room in their lockers that maybe was in something. I mean, it yeah. can't be vul like what is it? Vulgarity. Yeah. Blah, 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 yeah. Blah, yeah. So word. it's in there. It's just like it's that whole element of it's on a car in a parking lot, and is that, is that, is that not the workplace? Right. Yeah. To me, contact an attorney. It is. I think it's location. the workplace. It so is. yeah. The stickers got to go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, North Carolina. Oh, this is a big flub. Um, our HR department head sent an email to 150 plus personal employee email addresses with an attachment containing the social security numbers, date of births, address, 401k balances, etc. Oh, wow. I don't know if wow. that like includes, I don't know what etc. Anything like, personal. Yeah. That's like my husband's social, salaries. like my dependents, salaries. I've had that bonus, Yeah. I mean, good Lord. Okay. <laughs> our C-suite has only asked everyone Please delete the attachment. How would you handle this situation since they evidently are struggling with it? Well, I think there's there's a lot of things. Um, uh, we we talked about read, this for a minute. Like, what's the retraction of the emails? They never recall. work. Recall, recall never works. Work. Well, even if so, somebody can open it and it still can still show as a recall, and you can all still, the as recalls long as you open I've the ever, one before you open the yeah, recall. I've read all the recalls, so those don't work. But sure, should you do that? Step one: you should just sure, do it. try to recall it to as many as you can. B: get that list of who it went out to and ask every single one to come in and show you that they've deleted it. Right. Um, but what if you work at a plant with 8,000 people? That? Yeah, it's like, how reasonable it's is that? I mean, I think the best thing they can do to show mis mistakes happen. Mm -hmm. Like, this stuff gets leaked from third parties, from internal. I mean, that was a huge screw-up. But mistakes happen, and you've, you've got to fall on the sword a little bit and apologize and do what's right. And, like, we talked about this for a minute before – we started recording and it is like, you know, you got to pay for like six months or one year of privacy monitoring services. What's that called? Life lock. Yeah, something. ID, Credit monitoring. ID theft, identity protection. theft. You know, you'd like to hope that every employee deletes it and doesn't use it. Um, I think you also have yeah. to. I think one thing, I might be wrong, but I remember this has happened to me in the past. And we had to um, write there's a, there's a form you have to let everybody know that their data has been you breached. You do, yeah. That's yeah. something that you have to do first. But yeah, admit it. Admit when you've you made do. a mistake. Yeah. There's no hiding from We've it. It's a, a bad breach. mistake. This is how we're reacting. I wonder if there's... We take like, this seriously. We talked um, a couple of times before about uh, just security insurance. And I wonder if like any kind of... I don't know. They said 150 plus employees, but like what if it went to 8,000 employees? Right. Would an insurance policy cover something like a life lock? Mm -hmm. Maybe it might. So yeah. might want to just check into that. Yeah, we we had I had it happen my you know former company and 
we had actually a contractor that was doing some work for us. There was there was a major leak. We all got, I mean, 80,000 employees. We all got an email at two. Yeah. I mean, we all, we didn't know. We didn't really know. Of, like, we could not confirm or deny, like, what happened to that data, but we knew it was breached, right? Um, we don't think anything was used, but we really, we weren't taking that risk. So it was like, here, employees, here's the link to enroll in your free 24-month or whatever of credit it monitoring and privacy monitoring. And we were all like, yep, sign me up. A government agency leaked employee confidential information, and they actually ended up paying for a lifetime yeah. subscription of yeah. identity theft protection. Yeah. Well, then so, that also goes back to like in the very beginning, make sure you've got a plan and a policy to avoid this, right? So you right. need to be working with your IT team and what is what are the protocols? What are the right, safety right. protocols and how how can that be avoided. It, yeah. it happens a lot. I mean, you always yeah, are I reading mean, the news about things good like point. that. Good point. I mean, the IT person could probably get into every. They have an admin they can, user yes. account. They could get into everyone's computer and go delete it out. Delete, yeah. delete. And if it's a company asset, yeah. that is your right. You can let them do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you can't confirm is has that list already been printed off and used somebody? Right. So then you would use secondary protection and be mm-hmm. able to say, like, here's the steps we took. Yeah. Our IT, per- they're yeah. going into every single account. So blah, you can blah, get blah, blah. But. As a second step, because we can't ensure that everyone didn't see this before it was deleted, right, is mm-hmm. we're doing this. So right. that's the right thing to do is, like, to take many actions. Admit your mistake. And admit. <laughs> well, that's my oh, question. Dear. I'm like, I wonder, and did who? the HR person I mean, I rat on themselves bad. or did somebody rat on them? Well, I mean, I'm sure the minute it got sent, some... Yeah, but you their also boss think, was like, like, "Oh my god, everybody knows my I salary." I hate to blame. I know. I just said like mistakes can happen, but like, what file were you pulling that had that all that information, and for what purpose? Yeah, like send social, all. Who it's like, is no. pulling reports with social security number? Make, like, it is not yeah, necessary. Yeah, like with socials, I don't pull yeah, anything with socials, no. but like, you, I do pull like kitchen sink reports all the time, just to, for budgeting purposes or yeah. But you're not <clears> sending it to everyone. Pay disparity purposes? Hell no. I no. don't even send that. <clears> stuff I don't to send the people it, in the room that could see it. And no, our, yeah, definitely not. You know, like I'm like, oh no, no, no. I'll pull this up when we're in the room together. Right. Like I'm just so cautious on anything that has com- mostly like comp data because I don't really pull a lot of like most HR, um, HRIS systems. They have the the socials are blocked out. Yeah, you know? that's so what they're they always now. blocked out. Yeah, yeah. Like unless you, and you have to hit show. the eyeball and you then you have to show. see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Not a great situation though. Sorry to Yikes. whoever that happened to. <laughs> Yikes. You still have a job. That's the day when you need an extra cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, my God. Or a cocktail. Coffee. Yeah, cocktail. you're just like, holy crap, this is what I've there, done. I got, there, have you ever been to Diamonds? They have a, they, it's a great place for wings if you're ever in Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay, because I know it. it as like a gentleman's club. Oh, <laughs> I know, I was like, <laughs> Lisa. Well, short-term disability. No, but they have <laughs> the a, two phones. It's one of the best slogans ever, and Why I got to get a t-shirt with this. Two phone, Lisa. Um, but it said, move over coffee. This is a job for alcohol. Uh, and that I is love. what this person deserves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we should find out who it is wow. and send them a, oh. yeah. send them a bottle of wine. Yeah. Tell this person to go to Diamonds. All right. Um, lastly, and this is a super fun one to answer, and thank you to everybody who wrote in for this um, yeah, show dedicated good. to audience write-in. You challenged us. I love it. Um, and I learned some things, which I always love days like that. Um, any advice, and this is from our TikTok, 
uh, audience, which I absolutely love. Gabby Plume, TikTok famous. Um, we have a couple of uh, little clips out there that have like hundreds of thousands yeah. of viewers. We're looking for sponsors. Atlas HR, I'm totally uh, tagging you. <laughs> Let me know if you want to sponsor an episode or two. Um, <laughs> any advice for new grads who decided they want to get into HR? Um, many require two plus years of HR experience for entry level positions like an HR assistant, which is so silly. I know. Um, so what's our advice to people that want to get into HR besides don't? Just kidding. No, <laughs> don't. No, I'm just kidding. Make sure you really like people's problems, right? Lisa always sa- says, like, people always say, oh, I'm in HR because I love, I love people. people. And Lisa always says, we well, got to <laughs> like people's problems. That's a little bit more about what HR does, right? People's problems. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think you just got to keep looking. I think that when it says two years of experience, don't be frustrated. Make a connection at those companies. You know, when you think about experience, think about the other things you've done that might show people management capabilities, right? And like, There's yeah, so like, many ways that you can volunteer with, with that stuff. So if you're in a sorority, you can be on the, don't they usually have kind of a something like, don't you are? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm like, like, oh, like you were in a sorority I'm too. Like, yeah, I, I was remember. like, you're an advisor but I'm too. Old. Oh, yeah, that's you're right, I'm an advisor. There is, uh, oh yeah, I'm on the, but yeah, I'm on the personnel committee of my sorority. Yeah, okay, so there is, but you I can think, volunteer with um, that. When you think about, yeah, like, what does your experience look like? And while you may not have the professional experience, you have an intern experience. What was your leadership experience look like in other jobs that you had? You know, HR is simply about people practices. It's a lot. You have to know a lot about how to manage through situations and people. And you can show kind of practical experience. Um, And then, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that'll give you that job. So just keep looking. Because the good thing about HR is that usually every company has to have HR and needs HR if they don't have HR. So you can work in a lot of different industries and be an HR professional. Mm So I'm sure there's a job out there. Times are bad. You need HR. I also it's think, though, sometimes you you see these jobs, and I, I feel like sometimes you have to start at the bottom, but when you start at the bottom with an HR job, you're learning everything. I agree. Yeah. As a generalist or as a coordinator, yeah. you're not just pigeonholed into benefits or, yeah. You know, I also think I, a way in the door. All the things. I think I a way in the door to companies, too, if you don't have experience could in not in HR is maybe to find the other entry-level jobs that that come. Is there an administrative assistant type entry-level role? Because when you're beginning your career in HR, a lot of it is the administrative functions behind HR. So it's learning the payroll systems, learning how to process benefits, learning how to process PTO. So it is some of the administrative, and then you learn some of those skills, and then you get more business partner type experience. You just get more management experience. So you could, there could be other ways in the door if it's a company that you want to work for and yeah. get another entry-level job and learn the business. Yeah. Because what you're going to need in HR is knowledge about the business. Right. You have to have a level of business acumen yeah. and be willing yeah. to understand the business. The only thing I'd probably caution people about, like, trying to use, like, an administrative assistant role as, like, an entry point is... I know, you know, people play old tapes a lot, and so it's hard to change people's mind that, like, you're a secretary or you're an HR. And, like, I have a paranoia about, like, proving, especially to people in small business, that HR isn't administrative in nature. It's it's a strategic business partner, and we all know this. But, like, um, so I do – I think there are definitely other ways in, um, but – 
administrative assistant? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like my old company, we pulled great HR assistants out of like the store admin jobs. Yeah. Because they just knew so much about the business and already about the people. And like that was a skill. Sometimes it was assistant manager jobs. So it was kind of like looking for those other entry level jobs. And it's really about the personality. And, you know, does that person use good sound judgment? We can teach you all the rest. Yeah. And if you're in college (laughs) and you can't find an internship, um, that will pay you go. I mean, I know my first internship was, I, I work for free. It wasn't many hours. It was like 10 hours a week. I rewrote job descriptions. I filed files, but like I got some experience. One of my, um, it got me my next internship that did pay me. Yeah. Yeah. And my, I had an internship and it was to go through 3000 I-9s to verify all the information was on Yay! there. And I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, because you just want to be part of it. You want to just Absolutely. get something on your resume. And then you can call people like us or hook up with us on LinkedIn over the comments and ask us like what we would actually call that. We always come up with creative ways to, we could we could come, come up with a nice way of like. Auditing. Uh, yeah. Employment could, law compliance analyst. Auditor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing too is like, it's a, I think like speaking from all of us, I think it's an excellent, excellent profession to be in. It is. Yeah. It's fun. Look, we're learning something new every day from one another. Um, we had mentioned, you know, Beth mentioned earlier, like, develop a good cohort of, of peers that you have in your own community that are in the HR profession. There's lots of different things to work in. You can be a generalist and a jack of all trades mm-hmm. and work your way up the ladder. You can be a specialist in comp and ben, um, in recruiting, in um, what are some other functions? Employee Benefits, and development. Employee get, oh, learning and development. Although those budgets usually get cut first. <laughs> yeah. Diversity, don't, equity, don't inclusion. That, that, that one gets cut too. <laughs> yeah. So, but like these are great areas within the HR function. And yes, we do think they're important. Each of them is growing in their own way um, to stay on trends. Like I love following Gartner. Um, they have a really cool podcast. Of course, you should listen to our podcast every time we, we release a new episode. Um, and, and like, Sherm, get up with your local chapters. What are other good resources for new folks trying to make connections? Definitely I'd use the LinkedIn, you know. Get yes. yourself on mm-hmm. LinkedIn and really have a presence on LinkedIn. Yep. And really start to comment on things. And then you'll yeah. get more interest in Five you. words or more is the only thing that gets noticed, people. I know. So when you say congratulations on a job... Make it longer. (laughs) Congratulations on your new, exciting new assignment. (laughs) Super excited. (laughs) Comma. (laughs) English. What do they call it? Oxford comma. We've had a lot of grammar (laughs) comments here. Okay. Any other advice for people looking to crack into HR? No, just keep trying. Just, you know, get out there and, hey, take that feedback with you into your interviews, right? What that experience has looked like because no better than to uh, go inform the HR people that you're interviewing with what the candidate experience has been like too. So, you know, have have an opinion, have confidence. um, And yeah, that's that's what you need. Network. You'll be fine. Network. Absolutely. We're happy to introduce you to anybody you might be interested in getting an introduction to if it looks like we have a mutual connection. So just reach out to us. Um, Thank you very much for tuning in. This is another episode of HR Nightmares. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe on YouTube. We're more fun, fun to watch on YouTube. But if you like just listening to us in the car or on your walk, Um, make sure you tune in anywhere you listen to podcasts and make sure you check out the Leith HR group technology work talk, work talk.com kind of like TikTok, but they're, uh, they haven't found us yet. It's work talk W O R K 
K-T-O-K.com. It's a, you can get your free 30-day free trial for employee supervisor check-ins. That's it. Have a good one.